the story of Susanna is a story that is included in the Second Temple literature. In some Christian traditions, Susanna is considered a canonical or deuterocanonical text and is included in the Apocrypha. However, in our world, in the Baptist world, in the evangelical world, Susanna is a non-canonical book. Yet even individuals like Martin Luther acknowledged the importance and significance of reading these non-canonical texts for spiritual enrichment, encouragement, and insight. And I think it's also important to read them to understand how Jews read and reflected on the Old Testament. Beyond that, these writings were common and popular during the age of the apostles, and these these writings represent the literature that the apostles were familiar with and that early Christians and Jews were familiar with. And so I think they provide a helpful framework for reading and understanding the Bible. Now, the story that I'm going to read today is the story of Susanna. It's a short story. It's representative of Jewish short stories. And it's hard to know when it was written, but certainly it was written before 100 BC. And it's included in a variety of stories that are referred to as Danielic stories, stories about Daniel. And that might be a little bit surprising because the name of this story is Susanna. But as you'll come to see that Daniel is a youth, is present in the story, and he actually functions as a major hero in the story. So there were many stories, several included in the Apocrypha, that reflected on the life of young Daniel, and they provided ways to introduce Daniel into the theological and historical imagination of Jews during the Second Temple period. Uh, But really, I read this short story and see many reflections of the story of Joseph and his interaction with Potiphar. So as you hear this story, I'm sure you'll notice parallels where Susanna could almost be thought of as a female Joseph in a similar situation, or at least a situation with some similarities. But really, the story is about Daniel, and it introduces this uh, famous, famous prophet and um, points out his development as as a youth. Now, of course, we don't look at these stories as historical, so we we can't really say that this sheds light on Daniel as a youth, but um, at least it was intended to give an imaginative account for, for Daniel's youth. Nevertheless, this story is interesting and helpful. It's a short story. There is a lot of artwork in museums today based on this story. And I think that it's representative of the kind of uh, literature that that you would find during the Second Temple period with regard to narrative. So I'm going to read the story for you and then make a few comments. Um, but if you are familiar with the Pentateuch, you'll you'll pick up on some of the details in the story and why that's important. And I'll try to draw some of that out after I read the story. There was a man living in Babylon whose name was Joachim. He married the daughter of Hilkiah, named Susanna, a very beautiful woman and one who feared the Lord. Her parents were righteous and had trained their daughter according to the law of Moses. Joachim was very rich and had a fine garden adjoining his house. The Jews used to come to him because he was the most honored of them all. That year, two elders from the people were appointed as judges. Concerning them, the Lord had said, Wickedness came forth from Babylon, from elders who were judges, who were supposed to govern the people. These men were frequently at Joachim's house, and all who had a case to be tried came to them there. 
When the people left at noon, Susanna would go into her husband's garden to walk. Every day, the two elders used to see her going in and walking about, and they began to lust for her. They suppressed their consciences and turned away their eyes from looking to heaven or remembering their duty to administer justice. Both were overwhelmed with passion for her, but they did not tell each other of their distress, for they were ashamed to disclose their lustful desire to seduce her. Day after day, they watched eagerly to see her. One day, they said to each other, Let us go home, for it is time for lunch. So they both left and departed from each other. But turning back, they met again, and when each pressed the other for the reason, they confessed their lust. Then together they arranged for a time when they could find her alone. Once, while they were watching for an opportune day, she went in as before with only two maids and wished to bathe in the garden, for it was a hot day. No one was there except the two elders who had hidden themselves and were watching her. She said to her maids, Bring me olive oil and ointments and shut the garden doors so that I can bathe. They did as she told them. They shut the doors of the garden and went out by the side doors to bring what they had been commanded. They did not see the elders because they were hiding. When the maids had gone out, the two elders got up and ran to her. They said, Look, the garden doors are shut, and no one can see us. We are burning with desire for you, so give your consent and lie with us. If you refuse, we will testify against you that a young man was with you, and this was why you sent your maids away. Susanna groaned and said, I am completely trapped, for if I do this, it will mean death for me. If I do not, I cannot escape your hands. I choose not to do it. I will fall into your hands rather than sin in the sight of the Lord. Then Susanna cried out with a loud voice, and the two elders shouted against her. And one of them ran and opened the garden doors. When the people in the house heard the shouting in the garden, they rushed in at the side door to see what had happened to her. And when the elders told their story, the servants felt very much ashamed, for nothing like this had ever been said about Susanna. The next day, when the people gathered at the house of her husband, Joachim, the two elders came, full of their wicked plot to have Susanna put to death. In the presence of the people, they said, Send for Susanna, daughter of Hilkiah, the wife of Joachim. So they sent for her, and she came with her parents, her children, and all her relatives. Now Susanna was a woman of great refinement and beautiful in appearance. As she was veiled, the scoundrels ordered her to be unveiled so that they might feast their eyes on her beauty. Those who were with her and all who saw her were weeping. Then the two elders stood up before the people and laid their hands on her head. Through her tears, she looked up toward heaven, for her heart trusted in the Lord. The elder said, While we were walking in the garden alone, this woman came in with two maids, shut the garden doors, and dismissed the maids. Then a young man, who was hiding there, came to her and lay with her. We were in a corner of the garden, and when we saw this wickedness, we ran to them. Although we saw them embracing, we could not hold the man, because he was stronger than we, and he opened the doors and got away. We did, however, seize this woman and asked who the young man was, but she would not tell us. These things we testify. Because they were elders of the people and judges, the assembly believed them and condemned her to death. Then Susanna cried out with a loud voice and said, O eternal God, you know what is secret and are aware of all things before they come to be. You know that these men have given false evidence against me, and now I am to die though I have done none of the wicked things that they have charged against me. The Lord heard her cry. Just as she was being led off to execution, God stirred up the Holy Spirit of a young lad named Daniel, and he shouted with a loud voice, I want no part in shedding this woman's blood. All the people turned to him and asked, What is this you are saying? Taking his stand among them, he said, 
Are you such fools, O Israelites, as to condemn a daughter of Israel without examination and without learning the facts? Return to the court, for these men have given false evidence against her. So all the people hurried back, and the rest of the elders said to him, Come, set among us and inform us, for God has given you the standing of an elder. Daniel said to them, Separate them far from each other, and I will examine them. When they were separated from each other, he summoned one of them and said to him, You old relic of wicked days, your sins have now come home, which you have committed in the past, pronouncing unjust judgments, condemning the innocent and acquitting the guilty, though the Lord said, You shall not put an innocent and righteous person to death. Now then, if you really saw this woman, tell me this, under what tree did you see them being intimate with each other? He answered, Under a mastic tree. And Daniel said, Very well, this lie has cost you your head, for the angel of God has received the sentence from God and will immediately cut you in two. Then, putting him to one side, he ordered them to bring the other. And he said to him, You offspring of Canaan and not of Judah, beauty has beguiled you and lust has perverted your heart. This is how you have been treating the daughters of Israel. And they were intimate with you through fear. But a daughter of Judah would not tolerate your wickedness. Now then, tell me, under what tree did you catch them being intimate with each other? He answered, under an evergreen tree. Daniel said to him, Very well, this lie has cost you also your head, for the angel of God is waiting with his sword to split you in two, so as to destroy you both. Then the whole assembly raised a great shout and blessed God, who saves those who have hope in him. And they took action against the two elders because of their own mouths. Daniel had convicted them of bearing false witness. They did to them as they had wickedly planned to do to their neighbor. Acting in accordance with the law of Moses, they put them to death. Thus, innocent blood was spared that day. Hilkiah and his wife praised God for their daughter Susanna, and so did her husband Joachim and all her relatives because she was found innocent of a shameful deed. And from that day onward, Daniel had a great reputation among the people. As you can see, this is a very short story, but it's similar to the story of Joseph and Potiphar's wife. And it also has echoes of many other stories in the Old Testament, particularly where the righteous are being treated unjustly by the wicked, uh, but ultimately the righteous are vindicated. Now, this story about Susanna really pictures Susanna as an ideal woman or as a virtuous woman. And in this way, she stands with Ruth and others who appear in the Old Testament literature. But I think there are a couple of features about this story to note. The first feature is that when Susanna is with these elders, after she determines to remain faithful to the Lord, she cries out. And this crying out, is a presentation of Susanna that highlights her as one who who knows the law of God and who obeys the law of God. So in Deuteronomy 22:24, if you remember this text, if a woman who who is being raped does not cry out, then her accusation shouldn't be believed. Um, but if she cries out, then then she should be believed. So this story highlights that Susanna is a woman who knows the Torah, who knows the law of the Lord, and, and who lives according to it. I think also it's important to notice that the judges early in the story are described as failing to look up to heaven. But Susanna, when she is being accused, looks up to heaven and puts her hope in the Lord. 
Now, these two elders try to pervert the law. They act as two witnesses who ought to be believed, and they leverage their position of power over against Susanna. And, and that's where Daniel comes in. And as you heard at the end of the story from that day onward, Daniel had a great reputation among the people. So Daniel acts as an intercessor, as a righteous individual who who stands before the wicked and confronts them and gives them over to the Lord. Ultimately, though, I think that this story demonstrates that those who put their hope in the Lord will find vindication. And of course, that vindication is not always found in this life as it was for Susanna, but it is certainly found in the next. And during this period of exile for Israel, you can understand why there would be stories written that would demonstrate the vindication of the righteous in this life. They were living in a time um, where, whenever this was written, whether it was during the exile or return from exile, where there were, the glory of the Lord still had not entered into the temple, or perhaps it was after that when once again they were under Roman rule. Whatever the case, the it seemed that the righteous were not being vindicated. Yet over and over again in Second Temple literature and more importantly in the Hebrew scriptures, the righteous find the vindication of the Lord in their time of need. For this reason, we can agree and say yes and amen with the whole assembly that raised a great shout and blessed God who saves those who hope in him. Well, we could certainly learn to find our hope in God in the Hebrew scriptures, but it is encouraging to see that there are individuals who praised God and who found hope in him throughout the generations, even during these odd times like this intermediate period between the Old and the New Testament. I hope this reading of Susanna has given you an interest in the Second Temple literature, and I look forward to reading another story in the days ahead, as well as recording a short episode giving a brief overview of the history and events that took place during the Second Temple period. This podcast is a ministry of Resurrection Church in Burnsville, Minnesota. We're excited to begin our relocation project as we begin demo on our new building in the coming weeks. We hope by God's grace over the next several months to see a church built in that building and that we will be able to relocate soon as we seek to live out our mission and ministry for the Lord in Burnsville. You can learn more about our church at www.resurrectionmn.org.